Today's episode is sponsored by the American Homebrewers Association. Become a part of the U.S.'s largest community of homebrewers for just $48 a year by going to unitedwedrink.com AHA. What exactly do you get with your AHA membership? How about a year-long subscription to Zymergy Magazine, the world's longest-running homebrew magazine? Exclusive deals and discounts at over 2,000 breweries, bars, and bottle shops across America. Discounts on brewers' publication books and merchandise. Access to a huge library of previous HomebrewCon seminars and talks. And early access to purchasing tickets to each year's Great American Beer Festival and Savor. Sign up now by going to unitedwedrink.com AHA and get a year's membership for just $48. And if you sign up now, you'll get a free gift. What's that gift? I'm not saying. You need to go see for yourself. It's pretty great. Support United We Drink, support homebrewing, and support the American Homebrewers Association at unitedwedrink.com AHA. The opinions and statements in this podcast do not represent those of the hosts, employers, co-workers, family, or imaginary friends. Now enjoy the show. Because there aren't enough beer podcasts in the world, welcome to United We Drink. Hello everyone and welcome back to a brand new mini episode of United We Drink right here on unitedwedrink.com as well as wherever fine podcasts are found. My name's Mike. I have Joel and Phil both here on the mini episode with me today. Gentlemen, how are you doing, Joel? I am enjoying an aluminum pint of Coors Light. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> that looks tasty. I am personally having a deep bay vodka and soda. No carbs, no sugar. Look at that one, guys. Nice clean can. I like that design, yeah. Yeah, Very that's good minimalism. Yeah, I like it. It's good. It tastes good, too. I am uh, I'm on water. So, water. There's that. Um, last episode we talked about beer competitions. I realized that I forgot to bring up something that I wanted to mention, so I'm going to go ahead and do it here. When you look at such as the Great American Beer Festival beer styles, there's some weird stuff here. You got a category called experimental beer. You have a category called specialty beer that are very wide open about what can be in those, almost to the point as to why do those need to be separate categories? What goes in what? And you also have a category like historical beer that has eight different subcategories of very obscure old styles that are so completely different from one another, but they're all in the same category of historical beer competing against one another. This this is weird to me and can be frustrating, I think, from a brewery standpoint when trying to determine where you put things in. Joel, uh, you have any thoughts on this? Honestly, I actively avoid these categories because of their ambiguity. And, you know, there are cases... I mean, just look at like field beer where it's, you know, a fruit or vegetable beer that could certainly fall under experimental or, or specialty beer, depending on what the beer is. I, I, I just I don't like these particular categories and I feel like they're just vague enough to avoid. 
And, you know, when you're entering these things, you can certainly look at the history of what has won before. There's certainly nothing stopping you from doing that and guiding your submissions, you know, that way. But, you know, specialty, experimental, I, I still don't feel like there's there's just enough de- a definition. You know, in, in Mike, at our previous brewery, we had entered some specialty or experimental stuff. And, you know, they would always say, this belongs in another category or you know, try the chocolate beer category or the coffee beer category. So these sorts of uh, categories and competitions feel like a bit of a roll of the dice to me. And I, I try to stay away from them. So yeah, Joel, specifically, I remember we entered a Imperial Porter with chocolate, cinnamon, vanilla, and chili peppers. I entered it into the chili pepper category and one of the notes that we got back on the judging was should have been in the chocolate beer category. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and clearly it's up to judges' interpretation, and they are humans, and just as susceptible to different palates and and you know judgment and and subjectivity or objectivity, whatever it is. So that's like why I was saying I just I stay the hell away from those categories. Yeah. Um, anything that you want to, uh, bring up guys, uh, again, that you might've neglected to, to talk about? I mean, don't chase after the categories, like don't yeah. brew, grew it just to jump into your historical category, like, or just cares? don't brew, grow it ever. <laughs> that too. Good one. It was uh, original. <laughs> just like your silver bullet. <laughs> Joel, anything from you? No, I think we covered a lot, and uh, anyone listening wants to jump into the conversation, ask questions about it, or seek any sort of guidance, uh, hit us up. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Q&A. We got a couple questions here, and these should be some fun ones uh, for sure. And uh, if you have a question that you'd like us to answer on a future mini episode of the show, send them over to us uh, on our social media for the show, our individual social media, the contact form on our website, unitedwedrink.com. Uh, pretty much anywhere you can send us over these questions and we'll read them and answer them. Our uh, first question comes from an anonymous source. And this one is... The business with 450 North and others seems to have shown, and he's talking about the ABV gate, I believe, and others seems to have shown that there is a little bit of a beer quality problem in the industry. Does beer quality matter? Who actually cares? And who should? So I know who submitted this question, and yeah, I feel like it's funny they're asking this because I would consider them an expert on quality considering where they brew and how long they've been doing it. I probably did not even have my driver's license when they uh, started brewing where they are. So, um, But it is a great question, and I would say the problem with it is that quality is subjective nowadays. It is not this across-the-board you know, thing that everyone has agreed upon. So if he mentions someone like 450 North, who, you know, I guess got in trouble for some diluted beer based on, I don't know if it was fruit puree or whatever it was, everyone has their own definition of quality. And there's something I have 
for a while now been calling the craft beer circle jerk hashtag craft beer circle jerk which is the sort of indoctrination and like-minded thinking where you know you get into craft beer and everyone says oh uh macro beer budweiser coors all that stuff is fizzy yellow piss water and it's poor quality and it's it's not any good and this diacetyl bomb from my local brewery down the street with you know unclean lines is fresh and quality and you know hyper local artisan handcrafted whatever the fuck you want to call it so the definition seems to be completely blurred these days and uh you know what's funny about like brewing schools is and sem and the person who asked this question uh did a seminar at cbc uh, that I I learned a bit from, and what I was going to say is that what's funny about these seminars and some of these brewing schools is that, at least for me, I don't necessarily know how much I've learned that applies to the job I do every day, but it has helped instill the right values in me, at least what I feel as far as what beer goes. So in this particular case, this guy, you know, he had said something in a in a a, a seminar about hops. That, you know, the size and scale that he's on completely does not apply to anything I do. However, uh, you know, he, he did talk about hops as this limited agricultural resource that we have a responsibility to use wisely. And I've taken that with me for years now. So, uh, you know, when you talk about some of my professors at UC Davis when I did the intensive course there, they started off the class saying, like, I don't want to hear about, you know, Heineken or Coors or Bud are, you know, low quality piss water. He's like, I'm going to have none of that because if you really talk about quality and consistency in their truest forms, then these bigger macro breweries who have labs and, you know, have refined processes to the point where they can create the same fucking beer on different continents with different water sources and it's always going to be the same, like they have it in its truest sense. So, uh, you know, Quality, consistency, it's its really ambiguous these days, and it seems like people have different views on it. And you have a lot of people who will turn their nose up at something like a Coors Light, but at the same time will line up for some just god-awful adjunct-riddled milkshake IPA that will explode if they don't refrigerate it in 40 minutes. So I think... As the industry grows and becomes more saturated, quality is definitely a problem. We have lots of people who think, I'm just going to open a brewery, I'm going to get cans on shelves, everything will be fine. And that's not truly the case. I feel like there's a lot of people jumping in and just thinking they can sell beer right away and it's going to be great and everything's fine with it. And it's not. Um, Quality is definitely an issue. The problem is no one these days can agree on what exactly that means. Uh, just take what Joel said, and I'll make it my voice, because you pretty much said exactly the the types of things that I would say. Cool. Um, Good show, guys. Thanks. All right. Peace. No, uh, I'm not done. There's a third opinion here. Does it matter? It does, but I think we're in a very dangerous time where it does not matter nearly as much as it used to, and I think that the hype trains sort of steer that ship and that even goes uh, that's uh, that's branding beer production literally everything who cares I, I i hope the brewer that is producing the beer cares about the quality of the beer 
I, I think that there are times that breweries are putting out subpar products that obviously, you know, I, I don't think anybody intentionally releases a can that is going to explode on a shelf. But at the same time, it, there are times that you're like, oh, can we make something out of this, right? Who should care? Literally everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what's funny to me is that I have been, you know, fortunate and lucky enough to be able to get around the country a little bit in the past couple of years and meet some awesome beer people. And I've gone to one or two like really hype breweries where, you know, their reputation speaks for themselves and people line up for their stuff, but they take me in the back and I'm like, this brewery is a fucking shithole. Like, I don't even know why you would show me this disgusting mess. And the people who are lining up for the cans don't necessarily see that. I think there are a lot of people who would much rather just sort of stick their head in the sand on both sides of it, consumers and producers, who are just looking at getting what they feel is a good product or selling what they feel is a good product and not necessarily covering all the bases as far as like what is true quality and consistency. And, you know, these days with these hype releases and these beers that sell out very quickly and don't necessarily need to be shelf-stable – it feels like it's one of those things where the most popular beers right now are all ones that aren't based in quality, but based in hype, adjuncts, crazy flavors, um, you know, selling out quickly, drinking quickly. So none of these necessarily, you know, quality standards that the industry normally had apply to some of the big stuff that's going on today so like i said it's completely subjective and, and everyone has their own definitions i just find it crazy like i will tell people on the tours that i do like i am a local craft independent artisan handcrafted whatever the fuck you want to call it brewery but when i go out to drink i'm typically getting like a two-for-one Coors Light on draft or something like that because I know I have a better chance of getting a consistent product in that than I do one of my very dear friend's beers that's made just a few miles away because this place has dirty lines or whatever fucking reason. So quality definitely matters. I just, at least to me, it does to me. Quality, consistency, all those things. I just feel like we're so saturated right now. There are a lot of people in the industry that are from outside the industry and not necessarily inherent to beer and think it's just easy to open a brewery to sell beer to make beer and and to them they're putting out quality and right. and, and and that's that you know so keep in mind that quality is perception and hopefully that individual that is just opening up a brewery to release beer is looking at it and saying, man, I'm producing some quality product and I'm going to put it out there. Now, my perception of quality, your perception of quality, Mike's perception of quality are three completely different things. We're probably more similar than most. Yeah. But at the same time, that comes with some experience. So I think it when it comes to who should care, how about who should care about educating themselves about what historical quality is and what long-term quality is within this industry because i think that there's some lack of education when it comes to these flash of the pan breweries 
I mean, I'd like to say that, and not quali- just the flash in the pants. Sorry, Mike. It, it literally, it could be anyone. It doesn't necessarily have to be the turnkey brewery that opens up a week ago. Sorry. No worries. I'd like to say that quality will win out in the end, and I, I I know that I have said that in the past. Now I'm a little afraid that I don't know if that's actually going to happen, and that scares me. Uh, to at, at points. I still want to remain optimistic that that great quality beer will win out in the end, and I hope so. That like I will always be able to get a Sierra Pale Ale or uh, a Prima Pills or or something that is of great quality uh, and from brewers that care immensely about the the quality. Um, it, it's just that the waters are getting so muddied where people who will st- state in their mission statements that quality is of the utmost importance. But when you don't even know how to calculate your ABV properly or properly after adding a whole bunch of juice into a beer, like uh, how you don't understand what watering down uh, a product is going to do, I, I don't know. And I think we're also looking at things through florida colored glasses if you can call it that you know we're especially in the south part of florida i mean this is a tourism driven area it is you know we're competing with cocktails and light lagers and that tourism dollar and it has a very like what have you done for me lately vibe we've we've seen the extreme ways people have gone to stand out and um you know define themselves differently from the rest of the industry there's a lot of extremism if you will and based on you know where i've been recently in a couple parts of the country whether it's north carolina or chicago they have much different cultures and i don't feel like a lot of that is going on at least as much as it is here so our perception can be skewed a little bit as far as feeling like maybe quality doesn't matter as much but i still think overall it does to people yeah that's a good point all right, uh, last question for a Q&A comes from uh, at Maynard Brewer on Twitter. He asks, you can have any beer in the world right before you die. Which beer is it and where do you have it? Uh, I'll start things off here. This is actually a really difficult one to uh, think of. And part of me wants to say like Victory Prima Pills that I mentioned earlier or Allagash White. And, but I'm, I'm going to be a little obscure here and you can call me whatever you want, but I'm going to go with uh, a beer called Form to Table that is from a Philly brewery called Fermentary Form. It is just a 3.7% hoppy table beer with a little bit of acidity uh, to it. Uh, and I would uh, enjoy that with with as many friends and family as I could. And, uh, yeah, that's, that, that is what I would do. Phil, what about you? Shit. Um, I, you know, I read the question and it was the way I looked at it because I only listened to like a quarter of it, um, was what was the last beer that you would like to drink before you die? And that, that's sort of easy. Like I would just like, Oh, old reliable Gaffel Kolsch, but if it's like where and when and what, um, I, I, 
probably some of the best memories that I've had. Uh, small bar in Tampa, um, Tiny Tap, uh, High Lie, surrounded by good friends. Uh, shout out to Pete Fazio um, for exposing me to that bar. Um, literally surrounded with friends and family. High Lie, Draft. Yeah, that would that would be, I would I would be happy with that as my last beer. As for me, my first instinct was to go with Allagash White because that's sort of the default answer whenever I talk about amazing beer. However, I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction and say Widmer Hefeweizen. And the reason for that is a good friend of the show, Ed Roberts, who found me on Twitter somehow years and years ago uh, as I was trying to get into beer recommended that beer as part of a mixed six-pack to go try at Total Wine to help broaden my horizons and try new beers outside of what um, you know most people are normally exposed to. And when I had that beer, it made me feel like, oh, this is what I thought beer could taste like when I was younger and saw it in the movies. You know, a little more body to it, a lot more flavor. Um, definitely and i haven't had it in years i don't even know what it tastes like now and i'd be fascinated to try one um considering this was kind of my gateway craft beer at the time all those years ago so i feel like you know the last beer i'm gonna have before my die before i die why not close the loop and go back to you know where i got started very nice uh good good selections you guys um thank you to uh, both of these wonderful people for sending in their questions. If you, again, have a question for the show that you'd like to hear us answer, send them over to us. We'll read them. We'll answer them. Time for some recommendations. Uh, Joel, what are you recommending? So last episode, I was talking about music and my last call and some of the newfound stuff that you know I had discovered on the radio and shit like that and like i said i don't know shit about finding new music and for all i know new stuff that i find could be complete garbage to the average people out there you know i'm the kind of person that if i didn't know about nickelback and suddenly heard a nickelback song i'd love i'd be out there and go oh my god have you guys heard nickelback holy shit and, and uh, get mocked for it of course but um i heard this artist uh meg myers uh, kind of a alternative pop rock singer. She's really fucking great. Um, did a cover of a Kate Bush song. I don't even know who the fuck Kate Bush is. I think it's called Running Up That Hill. I uh, heard it on the radio. Found her on Spotify. Really great stuff. Just good, good shit overall, but also kind of good like background music. I've uh, been listening to a lot of it lately in the car. Uh, she's got this kind of... I don't know, Taylor Swift meets Pat Benatar. I don't know, there's all kinds of shit going on. I don't, really don't know how to explain it, but really enjoyed it. And uh, looking forward to listening to more of her stuff. Phil? Uh, well, if you really like that uh, version of Running Up That Hill, I would highly recommend Placebos. Um, it, just check that out. Um, but fantastic. she did do a really good job. Um, I would like to recommend Ikea. I, I seem to have fucking lived there the past few weeks. And uh, I have realized that uh, if you go early in the morning, it's not so much of a madhouse. And it's actually sort of relaxing. You can get a coffee and you can walk around and you can pick up your things in the market, even on a Saturday or a Sunday. So 
Um, Ikea for outfitting my kitchen. Um, I'm going to recommend something that I can't believe I've never recommended or plugged on this show ever. And Seltzer? No. <laughs> my other podcast. <laughs> uh, I do... I do a pro wrestling podcast with our friend Kevin uh, called Miss Spots, MissSpots.com. If you're into uh, the world of play fighting in your underwear and spandex, uh, give us a listen. So there's that. Shameless plug. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Spotify playlist time. Phil, it's your turn. What are you doing this time? That's it. What is that? That's all you get. You guys don't know what that is? No. No. <laughs> you don't know what whoop whoop is? Um, the Bub Russell's go whoop whoop. Yeah. No. no. God. Uh, this is going to be great for you guys. It's an all juggalo playlist. Oh, Nothing but God. hatchets for the entire playlist. Well, all right. silence. We- Yep, we've we've lost everyone there. <laughs> All right, we'll so see. Juggalos it is. The Juggalos lost people and not the gym playlist on the beer podcast. Wait, so that's where that whoop whoop comes from? That yeah, fucking you guy, didn't know that? The, the guy on Twitter, what's his name? Superhuman123? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that? Yes. This oh, gets tied gosh. into wrestling, too. Fuck this <laughs> shit! <laughs> <laughs> yes this so, is for all oh, my amazing. juggalos and juggalettes that guy has way more views than we will ever have listens well i'm i'm glad that i'm able to educate you guys on whoop whoop tonight um check out the spotify playlist i'm sure more people will listen to that than my gym playlist <laughs> <laughs> so if you're uh if you're interested in listening to that or any of our previous Spotify playlists, uh, head on over to unitedwedrink.com slash Spotify. It'll take you to our United We Drink account, and you can follow us there and uh, listen to all of our playlists. All right, let's let's uh, let's wrap things up here, guys. We've had some technical difficulties through recording this mini episode that none of you will have to deal with except for me. And... Uh, we appreciate you for sticking around and listening to us. Check out our, our uh, social media. Listen to the podcast on your podcast app of choice. Buy a shirt. We have awesome new an awesome new shirt up on our web store, unitedwedrink.com slash store. So thanks once again to everyone. See you next week on the main episode where we just bullshit. Cheers. Enjoy Arby's. Whoop, whoop. Well, hey, the Vipers are winning 16 to 0.